Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's Steph, and this week's episode, I interviewed Chris, president of Quad Cities Women's Outdoor Club. A couple weeks ago, I had the honor of teaching 20 of the club members archery and loved every second. The women were eager, engaged, and a ton of fun. It was a sweet reminder of why I do this, the podcast and coaching. I love seeing empowered people. I love to be a part of and help build community and connection. From lost to sober, from always in a hurry to being present. This is about doing things for you. It's about sisterhood, being a kid again, and finding your tribe. I'm Steph Busenbark. This is episode number 11, Who I Was When I Was Fearless. You're listening to The Woods and Waters Project.
Well, thank you so much for, you know, joining me on this call. I, I wish I was meeting you in person, but I am excited to talk to you. I mean, you know, it's an hour and a half. I know. <laughs> I'm sure I will meet you because I'm from the Quad City area originally. So I mean, that's, you know, just one way. So, I mean, for you, it'd be three hour trip. So yeah, that's asking a lot. Yeah. I would do it, though, because, like, just the introduction I've had to, like, the Quad City women's group so far has been really cool, and I definitely want to be, like, around those women more. Like, they were they were so cool, and I, I, loved, I loved coaching them and spending time with them and getting to know some of their backstories, so uh, this is exciting to me. I, I would totally concur. They are amazing <laughs> women. I was just going to, you know, just jump into it and I would love to know, you know, like a little bit about you, like introduce yourself and, you know, where you're from, what you're all about. All right. Sounds like a plan. Okay. You want me to just jump right in? <laughs> yeah. So Chris, tell, tell us about yourself. <laughs> well, um, I, um, I've been involved with the club for about 12 years. And um, the way I found the club, I think I was kind of like in a funk, um, maybe a little, I'm 50 years old, so maybe a little midlife crisis. I know, you know, 38 might be a little young for that, but it just felt like something was missing, right? And I couldn't put my finger on it. Not that I wasn't happy, but I mean, wasn't like zippity doodah every day, but I mean, <laughs> post Quad City Women's Outdoor Club is not that every day anyway, so, um, but I just, um, I grew up a jock, and um, so I did a lot of uh, athletic pursuits outside, <clears throat> but my family of origin did not hike, rock climb, kayak, zip line, I mean, none of those outdoor pursuits, and so... I was at a health fair at the Rock Island Arsenal, um, would have been February 2007, um, and uh, or maybe it was 2008, um, since it would have been a new year. It was like in February, and um, I was there. Um, my day job is with the Mississippi Valley Regional Blood Center, and I'm a health educator for them, so I had a table set up at this health fair, and it was a little downtime, so I thought, well, I'll go to the bathroom, and then I'll kind of scope out some of the other tables and see if there's, you know, something I can't live without. And I saw this Quad Cities Women's Outdoor Club table, and I was like, well, that sounds awesome. And I talked to some of the ladies, and I got a brochure, and I took it back to the office, and it was like a little kid in a candy store. I, like, you know, filled it out. It was literally like this little strip of paper with an old school check and, like, mail it to this person's you know, home address was definitely not automated back in those days. And um, and then I didn't hear anything for a month, and I kind of forgot about it. Um, even though I was super amped up about it, it was just sort of like, oh, okay, back to life. And so then I got a call from the membership chair. Her name is Kathy. And she was just like, hey, welcome to our club. And, you know, um, we're sort of like a fledgling entity. And... <laughs> We aren't super organized yet, so our board members have come and gone, and so we just wanted to, you know, welcome you and find out 
you know, what your interest level is. We need board members right now. Would you be willing to be one? And I was just like, uh, I haven't even been to an event yet. But like, sure, definitely. <laughs> I just like jumped in with both feet and I just kind of knew it was what I needed. It sounds silly. But, you know, if you listen to your women's, woman's intuition, sometimes it has a lot to say. Yeah. So um, I remember my first event. It was out at Snowstar in Andalusia, Illinois, um, so about, I don't know, 40 minutes from Davenport, Iowa, and it was um, snow tubing. So you, <laughs> I showed up, you know, a bunch of strangers. I'd never met any of these women, but they were super nice and welcoming right from the get-go, and so we went out, and, you know, we were all bundled up, and you hop on this conveyor belt, and it takes you to the top of the mountain okay i mean it's a giant hill um that's about (laughs) all there is in the midwest yes especially in andalusia illinois that's the first place i ever um, skied (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so you know yeah um i mean it's a fun place but it's definitely not a mountain yeah and um so we hopped on our tube and you know it was like being a little kid again and honestly all these years later, 12 years later, I mean, I think that's what the club does for me is lets me get in touch with who I was when I was just sort of this ferociously fearless little kid willing to try anything. And um, and I believe that um, sometimes it is hard for adults to get in that space. And so um, everything I did the first year of being in the club was a bucket list for me. You know, kayaking, I would, had never done it. I'm terrified of dark water. <clears throat> so it was confronting demons, and then I did it, and I was just like, I love this. This is great. And then, you know, just hiking and rock climbing. And I think the thing that sealed the deal for me, <clears throat> I um, had mentioned um, that our club sort of ebbed and flowed there in the beginning with regards to organization and board structure. And so since I was a sucker and said I'd be on the board, there was one gal that kind of had a strong personality. I'm not going to call her a bully or anything terrible, but just, you know, it's her way or the highway. And so that disillusioned some other board members, and it was kind of mass exodus. So then we were down to about four members, and this happens when you start new organizations, especially when it's all women, right? Yeah, definitely. So, um, or maybe it doesn't in all groups, but it definitely, you know, did for us, For we definitely stumbled and tripped and stumbled and tripped until we finally found this winning um, equation. And um, so the two event coordinators left together, which is kind of the whole point of the club. And back then, they were only doing, like, one or two activities a month. So I hadn't done a thing as a marketing person because no one was really providing me any direction. And um, so I didn't really know how to be useful since I was so new. And, um, you know, they didn't really have, like, a template or, you know, someone to kind of mentor you or point you in the right direction. So I said, well, I feel kind of useless. Maybe I should try to plan some events. I, I like doing that. And so they were like, well, we literally have nothing to lose, even if you suck at it, because, you know, we don't have any events people. So um, (laughs) the gals that were already, you know, had they had planned, you know, the next several months of activity. 
And so I had to kind of honor those because people had already signed up for them and paid for them. And so um, we went to Cedar Valley Stables in Tipton, Iowa, and um, it was an overnight. So we were going to stay in the bunkhouse and then ride horses the next day. So in addition to being afraid of dark water, I was also afraid of anything that, like, went bump in the night. (laughs) So um, (laughs) the club has been extraordinary for me. I'm still a little bit of a chicken, but I'm definitely not ridiculous like I used to be. Um, I kind of of mimicked the behavior of the amazing women around me, and I'm like, oh, they're not afraid. I guess I shouldn't be afraid either. Like, it's all good. Um, and talk myself off the ledge. So um, so we go to Cedar Valley Staples, and I remember my daughter, she was sick, like had bronchitis, and I was kind of like, oh, I feel like a terrible mother if I leave her. My husband was like, you know, we got this. It's fine. It's bronchitis. I mean, she's taking antibiotics. Like, in 24 hours, she's going to be a new kid. Like, don't even worry. You're so excited about going. Just go. Like, I've got this. And so, you know, with his blessing and all that, I was like, okay, I mean, somebody's got to be in charge. So I got there, and then nobody was there. Oh, no. And I was like, wow, this is going to be epic. It's like me, myself, and I (laughs) in this creepy cabin by myself with all these things that go bump in the night. And so I started, like, for lack of a better place to go, I opened up my folder, and I started calling the ladies on the list. There were probably like 15 of them. And, you know, there were a few like, oh, yeah, my plans have changed. I can't come or like funeral. And then there are other people who were like, well, we're on our way, but we had to wait till after work and, you know, we'll be there. So eventually there were like 10 of us. We potlucked and some people, you know, partook of a little wine. And um, we had a fire inside because it was kind of a nippy night. And um, then eventually it was time for all of us to turn in. And at this place, there was no heat. So the rule of thumb was if you get up to go potty, which is halfway across the corral to um, the bathroom and, like, shower house, then you need to put a log on the fire so we all don't freeze to death while we're sleeping. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> I got up to go potty, and I really didn't want to leave the, the safety of the cabin, you know, in the pitch black because it is out in the middle of nowhere and I um, face-planted right in the middle of the corral on my way to the bathrooms because I was in such a hurry that, you know, I was going to get eaten by critters or something, you know, that I can't even identify what that fear was, but just definitely out of my comfort zone. So, like most humans, I looked around to see if anybody saw me fall, and, you know, there's nobody around. So I kind of rolled over my back, and I looked up, and I swear to God... Um, I swear that it was like a divine intervention moment that like God tripped me so I would stop and smell the roses because it was the most beautiful canvas of stars I've ever seen to this day. And I just was always in such a hurry going to the next thing or being afraid or whatever, that I never stopped and looked up. I didn't ever pay attention to the beautiful full moon, and I definitely, you know, it's 
not that I never ever, you know, noticed a pretty night sky or, you know, but I really, it wasn't like life, a life-changing experience where this particular moment was. I must have laid there five minutes before I was like, oh, freezing out here. So then I got up and I, you know, went potty and I came back and I threw a log on the fire, you know, my dutiful responsibility and crawled back into my sleeping bag. And the next day we went horseback riding and it was fantastic, just a trail ride. But um, I, I think what the club has brought me is peace and um, a slower rhythm of my fast-paced life because I do like to roll Mach 20. I'm very hyper, <laughs> definitely have some serious ADD. <laughs> and um, so, um, you know, all these years later, I think, you know, what I would call the Quad Cities Women's Outdoor Club, for better or for worse, is the ADD Club. And so, um, you know, we offer 140 different activities every year. And I'm telling you, you just don't know what might come your way next because it is so eclectic um, in the variety of activities that are offered. So whether you're truly an outdoors person, um, like I am trying to become um, all these years later, or if you like arts and crafts, or you like arts and culture, if you like history, I mean, there really is something for every single person. And that probably rings true whether you haven't gotten off the sofa in the last six months you know it's like step away from the chips and like get out of your comfort zone and try like a little walk or a hike you know where you're just going to go two miles right you know just come like do your personal best mm -hmm. because I have met women in the club you know I, I weigh 200 pounds it's not that I'm proud of it it's just who I am I'm very active but I'm not a tiny little thing. I mean, I'm definitely a really hardy stock. Um, but um, I just, again, try to bring my own personal best because sometimes, you know, women ask, well, am I fit enough to do this activity? And I said, well, the only one who knows the answer to that question is you. Yeah. Yep. But if you come and try, I would say 90% of the time, we can always, as women, do more than we think we can. Always. Um, and, you know, and that's the amazing thing for someone who plans events or is the president of this club is to see firsthand on a regular basis this empowerment that is happening. That I've become smarter and stronger and more adventurous as a result of the club, but so have all these other women that are coming regularly, they're confronting their fears, maybe because they're kayaking and they don't know how to swim. Thank God for PFDs. <laughs> um, <laughs> or some, maybe a, a fear of heights, and then you see them trying to attempt, a, you know, a high ropes challenge course where they're 35 or 40 feet off the ground. I mean, and I've seen women climb halfway up the telephone pole and, you know, come back down and throw up. And they're like, oh, my God, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, the same gals, though, that, like they might come and try night zip lining where they can't really see where the ground is. And 
you know, it's like having wings. They just excel. So they can't see the fear um, or they can't feel it or whatever that, that case is. But so that's the amazing part is to see that happening and kind of have something to do with facilitating that. So obviously, in case you haven't gathered at this point, you know, <laughs> I eat, sleep, and breathe the club. It, it has um, afforded me so many amazing friendships. And, um, you know, my backstory is I'm 25 years sober. So it was really hard um, to step away from my drinking friends and my using friends and find women whose world did not revolve around those things. Healthy women who had, you know, um, opportunities to play outdoors and fire endorphins and learn new things. I'm definitely a lifelong learner. Um, so for me, everybody at the age of, I got sober when I was 26, but I probably didn't adventure out of my comfort zone for about another 12 years until I found the club. And um, so for me, that was a really unexpected thing. I didn't think I would make all these amazing friendships with other women who are healthy and um, could really, like, mentor me, you know, make me a better human. And um, and then I've had the opportunity to kind of pay that forward to other women. So, so that's my life story in the Quad City Women's Outdoor Club. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that, like, intimate detail as well. Like, I, th- I think that. Hey, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. No, um, I love sometimes it. Sometimes they, they call me the queen of TMI um, because <laughs> I don't really have a, a filter. Um, so sometimes I overshare. Sure. Um, but ultimately, um, you know. <laughs> It's really nice to be accepted by a peer group and just be who you are. Like, I don't wear any makeup. I've never, ever felt out of place at a club event. I mean, sometimes, once a year, we have an annual meeting where people come after work and they have, you know, like their work clothes on. (laughs) And half the time, we don't recognize each other because typically, you know, We've got our ball caps on or, you know, we're covered in mud after ATVing or, you know, we're in our swimsuits, you know, floating down the river in a tube or, you know, or we're out at, you know, Snowstar in Andalusia. Because I remember that first event after we went into, like, the clubhouse to have hot cocoa, I couldn't find anyone because I didn't know what they looked like without their hats and scarves and... (laughs) And they kind of waved at me. They're like, hey, newbie, we're over here. And I was like, okay, I thought you ditched me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So I, I think I'm a lifer. And, <laughs> I think um, I think you are. <laughs> yeah. And that's and, amazing. You know, I mean, yeah. Well, it's, it's been really a privilege to serve on the board. Um, this is the first year that we have restructured our events planning And I know that sounds silly, but, you know, if you want your club to be sustainable for the next 50 or 100 years, I mean, that's my dream, is to leave this lasting legacy for other, whether they're young women, you know, who are just looking um, for inexpensive outdoor fun, 
empty nesters. We have an awful lot of women who fall into that, you know, like looking at our demographics, the average age is about 50, 51. Um, and then we definitely have women like my daughter is 21 and she's in the club and on the board. And my mom is 76 and she's still pretty spry. <laughs> so, um, God love her. She still plays pickleball and golf. She's taught our club like Mahjong, um, <laughs> which a lot of people <laughs> don't know what it is. But, you know, that's the cool thing about the club is sometimes there are colder months where we try to fill in with a few indoor kinds of activities. So we might just go have like a nice, you know, cheeseburger supper or a salmon supper, whatever floats your boat. Everybody pays their own way, and then there's this free mahjong class. I mean, where else are you going to go to learn how to play this crazy, you know, Asian tile game? Yeah. It's super complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my mom and her friends play all the time. So, you know, they brought like six of them, and they just kind of team up with you. And, oh, like, are you sure you want to do that, honey? Because, yeah, <laughs> it's not going to work very well. So, um so it's nice to have people who are willing to teach um, and, you know, have a sense of humor and, are you know, can laugh with you as you learn um, or as you make mistakes. So, um, so I love my mom is really selective in what she participates in because she doesn't want to wreck herself for the things she still can do. Yeah. So, like, hiking is not great for her because her knees are sort of shot and, you know, but she'll come to our annual meeting and our picnic, and she's always, you know, she definitely loves to teach the club pickleball and back in the day golf and tennis. And so we do some normal activities. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you've never, like you've always had that on your bucket list, like I want to learn how to play tennis, but I don't want to pay a bunch of money to learn how to do it. Then you can, like, come to a cardio tennis class, right, that the club might be having. And at least get the feel. Like, can I even make contact with the ball? Right? Do I love this? <laughs> Does it bring me joy? Right? Yeah. Like a little Marie Kondo or <laughs> yeah. um, even though you're not cleaning out your closet. I think it still applies, right? From throwing myself back into the outdoors and some different organizations that I really love, I have met a lot of really amazing people who have really cool stories. And most of my career, I've been either in sales or in recruitment. So people has always been my thing. And sure. when I put that, you know, like my corporate day job with what I would call like my life's work of spreading information and joy of the outdoors and like creating a community of people that have each other to spend that time with, like that is the stuff that gets me fired up every single day. So to hear you talk about this group of women, and I'm not surprised, like from just meeting them, you know, for a couple hours and teaching archery to them, they were so much fun. It, they were very, all different age, all different ages, uh, all different personalities, and they were just a ton of fun. And it wasn't, you know, um, I don't know. Like it was just good energy. It brought me a lot of joy. I love, you know, I love teaching archery anyway, but that type of group, you know, that group of people just makes it so much better. Like it just, yeah. it, it was really a pleasure for me to, to do it. And they were very sweet 
and very appreciative and they made me laugh a lot <laughs> and they have um yeah. they have good moxie <laughs> yes yeah good moxie yeah. yes very much yeah, so for sure without a doubt uh earlier you had you know you were kind of going through a funk like almost like a midlife crisis kind of thing and yep you sound like you really found yourself in a lot of ways like through the club and through the activities of the club what do you think was missing before well um i mean i think really like i said i mean that foundation of friends yeah um you know like-minded women who wanted to do the things that i wanted to do i mean i'm very lucky i'm happily married. I love my husband, but he doesn't want to do all the crazy stuff I do in the club. Sometimes he hears about it. It's like after 12 years, he's just literally like, really? That's an event? (laughs) And he's like, it sounds totally lame. And I'm like, well, good thing you're not invited because it's just for us. Um, You know, whether that is like a tour of, you know, Bochy's Mustard in the Quad Cities, which is like a staple in our household or a cemetery walk, or, I mean, it's all, it's identifying all these diamonds in the rough in the Quad Cities and the surrounding area. I mean, we played probably in five states, the best I can come up with, Mm -hmm. Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Missouri, and Michigan to date. And in June, we'll be taking our first big adventure to Yellowstone. So that is definitely the farthest we've ever adventured from the Quad Cities, so um, a lot of learning. Um, We have an outfitter we're working with, Wilderness Inquiry out of Minneapolis, Um, so which is fantastic. They're all about getting everyone outside, so whether you are missing an arm or a leg or whether you have autism or whatever your disorder, you have Parkinson's, um, you have Down syndrome, you're, you know, manically depressed after a divorce or, like, a loss of a loved one. Um, They have all kinds of adaptive gear to help people get out and kind of bond with nature and hopefully try to help these people heal if necessary or just have an experience that otherwise they would not be able to. Mm -hmm. So many places, if you're not able-bodied, you're just not able to do it. It's like, well, sucks to be you. Um, but I love that wilderness doesn't let that be the stopper. They just figure out how to get it done. So while that may not directly apply to our club, most of us are able-bodied. But by the same token, I love that that's kind of their mantra, you know, that they really want the outdoors to be for everyone. Yeah. Oh, man, I wrote so them super down. super excited. I wrote them to down. To go to Yellowstone. Yeah, I, I'm... I did a road trip to Yellowstone a couple years ago with my husband and our dog, and it was the entire time, the whole drive there, I mean, not the whole drive, the first half of the drive isn't, you know, super spectacular or anything, but uh, once we started getting past South Dakota, I feel like I said to myself a hundred times, why don't I live here? Why don't I live here? Why don't I spend more time out here? Why am I not out here all the time? Because it was just so beautiful breathtaking intimidating but 
very like peaceful and just very awe-inspiring and I just loved it and I'm so excited for you guys to go like that's gonna be amazing yes the only other um well I've done two big trips now like big trips for our club happen once a year and it maybe started about six years ago we um did a canoe and camp on the St. Croix River Mm -hmm. in Wisconsin which that was my first time ever camping where there could be bears. <laughs> Little freaky for the scaredy cat. Um, but at least it felt like safety in numbers because there were, you know, three of us in a tent. So, um, but like even even just, you know, again, I'm oversharing, but, you know, getting up to go pee in the middle of the night, <laughs> like scared the crap out of me. But I did not, you know, like take the half-mile trek to the actual bathroom. I'm like, where's the closest tree? I'm just going to pee right here and crawl back in my tent because (laughs) I don't want to get mauled by the bear. So even though that doesn't happen very often, if ever, um, you know, occasionally you hear about it, but not very often. So, but again, I just sometimes can't, can't talk myself off the ledge. So, so that was a great experience. It's very pretty um, with all the big, tall rock bluffs. And then um, when my daughter was in high school, um, my husband and her told me, like, you're addicted, which is a shock for, like, a recovering alcoholic and addict. You're addicted to the outdoor club, and you're never home. And my husband, you know, wanted to divorce me, and my daughter chimed right in, like, yeah, Mom. And I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. I was having so much fun, and I was so focused on me, 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 I, like, didn't get that I wasn't participating in my own family mm-hmm. so they made me take a written pact that I would step out of the board for four years until she was done with high school which I did do um, it was really hard for me I still participated but definitely not to the extent that I did as an events coordinator so I was like, well, I'll just do, like, the slacker president position because, like, the president doesn't do anything, which is my current position. <laughs> um, so, so at any rate, um, it, uh, we had to have, like, a come-to-Jesus moment, and I had to, like, really take a good look in the mirror and, um, you know, say to myself, like, if I'm being honest, yes, I'm, I'm literally escaping regularly to like play outdoors and have all these great experiences but what am I giving up in exchange yeah you know and no I wasn't willing to give up my marriage or my relationship with my daughter and so um so that was good I had to take a step away and let others lead and let others do and just kind of come along for the ride and that was really hard for me but I did it Mm mm-hmm and uh, came out on the other side, so um, so it has been kind of a little bit of a roller coaster ride with the club, um, and then I tried to, <laughs> this is true to my character, about the third year in, you know, I'm like, oh, they're really struggling for an events coordinator. Are you sure I can't break my contract and just jump in a year earlier? And they were both like, no, and I was like, <laughs> God, you can't blame a girl for trying. So uh, so I, I did sit out the full four years, and it was great because then I was having all these amazing, like, epiphanies and ideas that were, like, percolating in my head for four years 
So when I was able to jump back in as the events coordinator, people were like, where did you come up with these crazy ass ideas? And I'm like, well, I've had four years to think about it. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, and maybe do a little research too. So I was ready to hit the ground running, but, um, but yes. Yeah, so progressively over time, the club has, you know, expanded its reach by offering a big trip. Uh, we did a couple trips to Apostle Islands, which yes. I cannot say enough about. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lake Superior is big water, yep. um, which is scary um, for someone who doesn't like dark water. But it was so peaceful, um, so clean and pristine. I mean, in, in seven days of sea kayaking island to island to island and breaking camp every day and setting up a new in a new place on a new island, um, we ran into three other humans and I think like a plastic bag that had fallen out of somebody's pack. So that's it. I mean, other than that, it was just us. We were 18 women and three guides, <laughs> all under the age of 27. <laughs> I can't even imagine because I was still like a raging alcoholic until I was 26. To think of being that responsible as a young person, literally being responsible for the lives of 18 adults. Yeah. It was mind-blowing for me, and they did it with such ease and such grace. Um, I, I love them all, and they all kind of brought something different to the table. Um, you know, Sam was kind of the leader of the pack, and he just made sure everybody was happy and safe and Steve was our medic and Hannah was like our merry sunshine you know the five mile hike that turned out to be seven miles <laughs> with warming mosquitoes and no bathrooms um then you know we came back to camp and she's like hey high five she's like food ready it's so yummy and fresh and we went into we took the kayaks over to base camp and we got boxed wine <laughs> so I think, you know, knowing our group was going to maybe need a little decompression that evening, um, you know, and they could just kind of cut loose and have fun. And so um, I literally, once I did that trip, I will not miss another annual trip with the club. So, um, so super thrilled. We did one other trip um, in Wisconsin this past year in June. It was called Wild Man Adventures. Uh, we renamed the camp Wild Women Adventures <laughs> while we were there. Sure. And, um, I mean, literally every outdoor pursuit that you can think of that's a little thrill-seeking. So whitewater kayaking, whitewater rafting, paintball, high rope, zip lining. I mean, you name it, uh, we did it. Um, and we still found some downtime to explore the area. Um, Wild Man is located in Athelstane, Wisconsin, so not too far from Green Bay. Um, so looking across Green Bay, Door County would be on the other side. Gotcha. If that maybe gives you a geographical reference, but um, that place also awesome. I mean, I had never whitewater kayak. Um, I had never done a class for whitewater. I thought 
I was going to die when I looked into that, like, churning brown vortex of <laughs> hell. <laughs> I was just happy we came out on the other side. And, you know, our trip, we took two trips um, back-to-back weeks. So for the people who could only take four days off, we had a, a shorter trip. And then, obviously, more frolicking for a seven-day trip for people who, like myself, didn't want to miss anything. Um, so then we were able to add in like some relaxing kayaking that wasn't white water and, you know, just a few hiking through this cathedral of pines, you know, these 400 year old trees that you just couldn't see the top of, um, or just kind of, you know, making the rounds at like the local fire museum or the winery or the big fire tower that's still there. It was uh, awesome trip as well, but very different from the like peace and solitude of the Apostle Islands. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So who knows what Yellowstone may hold for us? But yeah, how um, many are going? The great thing. Well, um, there's 15 of us signed up. There's been a little, like a few people who signed up right out of the gate um, after our picnic in July when we made the big announcement. And then have since then, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Alaska instead. <laughs> so the nice thing is we, we always have a wait list. So then you just have to find another member to buy your spot out. You don't lose your money. So we, we are 400 strong, but I would say we have about 150 active members. Mm-hmm. And so what's cool is, you know, you have frequent flyers like myself who are junkies. <laughs> And then um, you also have, you know, fair weather players, which is entertaining. Like they don't like the cold, they don't, or they don't like the hot, or they don't like the water, or you know, everybody's kind of got <laughs> their little wheelhouse yeah. where they're happy. And not everybody wants to get out of their comfort zone, but some, you know, at the urging of myself and other board members, will try to get out of their comfort zone. So I always say when we offer, like, a basket weaving class, I'm like, well, that's getting out of my comfort zone. <laughs> or, like, going to a cookie decorating class or, like, anything crafty. I mean, it looks like a third grader made my craft project. But, you know, and then you get home and your family hazes you and tells you it does look like a third grader made your project. But, you know, at least I can say, hey, what were you doing all day? Right? <laughs> yeah. I made this this great little thing, and, you know, it's my personal one-of-a-kind, you know, creation, so I just always have to tell them to be quiet, but, yeah. so it, it is, the best thing, I think, about the club, and the reason it doesn't get clicky, is because of the eclectic nature of the events, it's always attracting, like, a different subset of women, so they're all amazing women, but, it's not the same women, you know, like there's a group that they love the overnight, right? Mm-hmm. That's their thing. Mm-hmm. They love to get away for like a two day weekend, yeah. two and a half days, just escape from, you know, reality and responsibilities and just hike and yoga and whatever's on tap for that weekend. And then, you know, there's other women who like, they just come to like fitness classes. They're like, oh, I've never done kettlebells, but this is a safe place to try it with women I know. And so, um, and then it kind of everything in between. Um, so I love 
that it doesn't turn into, you know, I don't know, the clicky bitches club. Because yeah. a lot of women ask me that, point blank. Yeah. Well, am I going to be the only one who doesn't know everybody else? And I'm like, no, you're not. Because there's always new members coming. I mean, people move away. So that makes, you know, a new spot for somebody else to come. And yeah. some people come and they just dig it right from the beginning and they're all in. And then there's others who are like, hey, I can maybe come four times a year. That's it. But they love when they do have an opportunity to come and play. They just have to be more selective because of job responsibilities, life responsibilities. Maybe they're caring for an elderly parent. Um, you know, they still have little kids at home. I mean, whatever the story is. I think that's what I love the most about the club is literally we have every age, every walk of life, every ability or lack of ability level. Um, you just, you don't have to be super fit to be in the club. You don't really even have to be outdoorsy. Um, but sometimes people will come and do um, a crafty class or come to a musical performance or they kind of just build, start building that relationship. And then once they start feeling comfortable, all of a sudden you see they sign up for a hike and you're like, aha, okay, <laughs> this is good. Um, but, you know, everybody has their own little journey that they have to be on yeah. and figure out if this is for them or not. So I always say whatever you make a priority in your life, then you will make it happen. Mm -hmm. So Definitely. for some women, I just challenge them, look at your date book. We, we usually have our events on getmeregistered.com um, about two months ahead of time. So just go out there and find the one that speaks to you, that you're just dying to try. Write it with a black Sharpie in your date book if you're an old schooler like myself or like get on your Outlook calendar write it on the fridge calendar, wherever you keep track of your life, and tell people in your life that you're going. Tell your husband, your significant other, your kids, your mom, your dad, whoever you're responsible for in your life, that, like, nothing is going to derail your experience. And then guess what? It happens. But if it's not a priority and you just think, oh, I'll just figure out how to fit it into my existing life, it doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about the things you do in your life, you make time for the things you love, and you work your life around them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a nerd. I mean, I do that with the club. Not everybody is, you know, that invested, but that's usually a pretty good challenge. It's like if you could just pick one activity a month, could you make that happen? And then once they come to two or three, they're like, yes, I can totally make that happen because I've had a great time and I've met all these awesome women. So love to love, you know, hear that happen. I hate when we lose members who become snowbirds or move away for good or, you know, their job takes them somewhere else. And I've, I've heard time and again from women is like, there is nothing like this anywhere else. Or how do I find the chapter of the Quad City Women's Outdoor Club in Des Moines? Yeah. or Colorado, or yeah. wherever it is that, you know, life is taking them. And I'm like, I looked internationally online and tried to Google what we have, and there isn't. I mean, there are hiking clubs, mm -hmm. there are biking clubs, 
there are paddling clubs. <laughs> there are women's like lesbian backpacking clubs. Yeah. I mean, there's all these kind of specialty things, but nothing like as weird and eclectic as what we have. Yeah, and you know so, what I think I like is to so think great. We really are. You are, and yeah, I was, was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. I hope that someone who listens to this, who's maybe going through what you're going, like what you're saying, like maybe they had their community and they walked away from it or they've always wanted a community. It's, it's a little scary, but I would, I hope someone out there wants to start their own because I mean, I think the world needs so much more of that. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I also love that those specialty groups that's amazing that that's that needs to exist as well but i think this like the how eclectic you guys are um i was just listening to a podcast today and this morning and it was talking about how everyone always puts this like pressure and timeline on themselves like whether you're 14 or you know 85 like everyone puts this like oh i'm i'm too old to do this i'm too young to do this i'm too old to do this whatever and I can't find my passion. I don't know what makes me happy. I don't know what drives me. And it was talking about just trying things. And I think this is such a beautiful way for people to just like be in a safe environment with good people and try something. And I think that is like, that's how you figure out what lights you up, you know? Like maybe not every activity lights you up, but you find, you know, you find archery or you find cookie decorating or you, and it ends up being like the thing that just, like lights you know puts your soul on fire and i think that's amazing like i think everyone needs a little bit more of that and i i think that's a beautiful thing yeah i mean find your happy place find your people your tribe you know whatever that looks like um because there there are a lot of clubs out there um but you know maybe not everyone's gonna feel like home for you yeah right yeah so yeah i I mean, I'm such a nerd. I was listening to, I'm in, like, Iowa Public Radio junkie. <laughs> I just, like, I'm a junkie about the club. But, um, you know, those are things that bring me joy. And I drive. Um, I'm a health educator for the Blood Center. So when you were talking about recruiter, sales force, I mean, I, that's literally what I do for the Blood Center uh, for my day job. So I'm always trekking to somewhere in rural Iowa, like five counties, where I, you know, service 150 blood drives. And... You know, I got time. I got windshield time. So I'm always, you know, trying to soak up IPR. And uh, the other day, I had the day off, and I left the gym, and I was sitting in the car, like, chowing on some popcorn because, of course, I didn't really have breakfast. And um, Iowa Public Radio had this great show on about forest bathing. I mean, yes. like the nerd, yes. the nerd oh antennas gosh. were like yes. full on. I like <laughs> sat there and listened to the whole program. I'm like scribbling notes madly. I'm like, oh my god, I'm putting this in my month of April. I'm like, this lady lives in Cedar Falls. She could totally come and do a a bathing, a forest bathing class for us. And then it ends with a, a Japanese tea ceremony. I was like, what? Wait, this is, is coming this up in a- this coming amazing. April. Is it um, <laughs> April is my month um, of events that I, I'm responsible for. So I just got online and re- um, you know sent a little email to them. So I'm still waiting to hear back. Yeah. But I know that this MD, she's an OBGYN, and when she um, sadly 
lost her husband at a very young age to cancer, she started exploring Eastern medicine and other healing modalities and learned. um, She's also like a crazy mountain biker and outdoor enthusiast. So I believe the book she wrote is called um, An Outdoor Enthusiast Guide to Forest Bathing. You can either do it like very meditative, like a slow walk through the woods that's guided by somebody who's got credentials in forest bathing, or you can couple it with an outdoor activity like mountain biking or like hiking, um, and then it culminates with a tea ceremony. And she, I believe, has some workshops coming up in Hiawatha at the Prairie, Prairie Woods Retreat Center. So if, if I can't get her just for something for us, then we could probably piggyback on, you know, existing programming that's already scheduled there. But I, I'm such a nerd. I was, like, peeing my pants with happiness. I was just like, oh, my God, this is trying to find, like, something. Because in 12 years, we've done 140 activities a year, um, which is a lot of activities. So yeah. trying to find something new that we haven't done you know, for me, being that nerdy event planner, I was like, if I haven't heard of it, what's the odds that a large number of our members haven't heard of it either? Um, and so trying to expose them to this great kind of healing therapy that happens in the forest where we love to play anyway. Oh, my gosh. So again, we are totally slowing down kindred and, spirits. you know. Yeah, smelling the roses and just like, well, what does this mean for me? I mean, she talks about like just hugging the tree and just sort of being there. And, you know, even though the tree doesn't seem to be alive to us, like what's that connection, right? And it's probably different for everyone. Or what would it be like for someone who doesn't spend time in nature to sit for 20 minutes with the bugs and the heat or the rain or the whatever, the chirping, things that are so unfamiliar to them. And, like, how does that either, like, give them this happy, you know, kind of shit-eating grin on their face or find their happy place? Or maybe, like you said, they just don't like it. Um, But then they can check the box and go, but I tried that. I, I tried this thing that was totally outside my comfort zone, and I hated every second of it, but maybe... There was still a takeaway. But for people like me, I mean, I already love playing outside. But, yeah, would I love to just, sometimes we hike too fast. And I miss things. I'm so busy trying not to trip or hit my head on a branch that I, like, don't really have time to absorb the beautiful environment around me. Because sometimes our hike leaders do go too fast. Mm -hmm. And then we just have to, like, hey, hey, calm it down, man. You know, we want to stop and be able to explore. And then for the ladies who maybe aren't super fit, you know, they got a chance to, like, have some water, you know, have their breathing slow down a little bit, right? You know, it's not about, what's the saying? It's not about the destination. The journey. It's about the journey. journey. And sometimes our group, you know, our hike leaders, Sometimes they forget that. So that's something, you know, that we've had to work on, too. It's like, hey, this isn't about you getting a good workout. This is about, like, an experience for people who maybe have never, ever been on a hike. 
So that's why I always bring up the rear because I'm slow as hell. And um, then nobody gets left behind, uh, especially if it's like a full moon hike and you really can't always see the people in front of you if you get dropped to the back of the pack. So then we have this stupid call and we'll go like, and then they just like, no, like, hey, stop, right? We're flailing back here. Um, And you can tell then there's a few people who are like, you know, like uh, the, the cliff is too slow. So it is hysterical. I mean, you can't make everyone happy. Right. We try our best <laughs> to make the majority of people happy. But we just always try to explain, you know, you can go hike fast by yourself any day of the week. But tonight is about something different, you know. It's yeah. like kind of like taking in like all those sights and sounds and like seeing your breath come out of your mouth because it's cold or you know, waiting for that moon to rise in the sky, or, you know, we sound like a herd of elephants, so we don't <laughs> see a lot of wildlife because they hear us coming. Sometimes, though, we'll get an owl to call us, and the nerds in the group want to call back um, to see if they can get them to respond again. So it's just so funny. It's such a bizarre mix of women, um, but ultimately we all kind of are heading in the same direction, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, it makes um, complete sense. Yeah, so anyway, it's just, I mean, um, I've had to learn a little um, patience um, in, you know, dealing with the public um, at my job, mm-hmm. but the same rules apply to the club. No matter how much you love someone, they can still drive you crazy on occasion mm-hmm. um it's just the nature of having that many women right together and you're not going to make everybody happy so yeah. i i haven't given up trying to make the majority happy but sometimes i just can't fire back an email to somebody who i think has a silly question right or yeah, they have a right. complaint yeah. or i i just like I, I sometimes in my mind i assemble an email that's not nice and then I go, oh, okay, deep cleansing breath. <laughs> I can do this. And then I start off with, like, hey, thank you so much for reaching out. Good to hear from you. Um, this is what I have to say about your question. Um, so it, it's taught me um, a little patience, a little, you know, maybe tolerance, and that we're all coming from different places. And sometimes the questions might seem kind of trivial or silly to me in 12 years but then I have to remember like well remember where you started you know mm-hmm. Miss, yeah. I'm afraid of my own shadow I'm afraid of dark water how does this work what do I need to bring you know what is the club supplying I mean do we have people who are going to keep me safe at these activities um, and then then I usually can come up with a better response I hear about it and then I just want to make it a reality as soon as I can get my little hands on it so so we shall see if you um if you have an email address Steph I can share her contact information with you too yeah I would love that and I got a back recording too and I I seriously I would I would love to um especially around here like I looked into it a little bit and I guess I didn't come across her at all. So I, I'm like really, I'm really intrigued. 
Um, yes, yes. Well, if, if your listeners are interested, so her name is Suzanne Bartlett Hackenmiller, and um, she's an integrative medicine physician, so an OBGYN who embraces Eastern medicine and meditation. And um, where I went to go try and reach out to her is the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy dot org, um, or just you know Google something along those lines, and mm-hmm. it popped up. And I just you know left a, a little, hey, boy, I heard your program. Um, so so excited. Um, like, please get back in touch with me. I want to share this with some of my club members and. So hopefully they will. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yes, and, and you know, and I love that she's been to Prairie Woods Retreat Center because we've gone there and done a sweat lodge a couple of times, which I have to say was like an amazing um, detox, um, but like a really spiritual experience. I'm not very religious in my life. I would say I'm definitely more spiritual. And so for me, like, combining religion and, like, Native American traditions, easy peasy. Yeah. But I was really shocked to learn from other members in our club, we only had seven gals sign up for the sweat lodge. And I think they just couldn't marry the two. Mm-hmm. It felt like, I don't know, like, like paganism or, you know, that they were like, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, like somehow it didn't fit with their their rules. Yeah. You know, they you. just couldn't. I'm like, why can't you believe in God and Mother Earth? Like yeah. for me, it was like a no-brainer. And on the things that happened in the sweat lodge, um, epiphanies that other people were having, struggles that they were having, like dealing with major losses in their life, or, you know, um, it wasn't me personally, but, you know, drug addiction, alcoholism, I mean, you name it, every kind of thing that you could possibly have to struggle with. Yeah. And um, for once in my life, uh, I just, again, had this shit-eating grin on my face the whole time. Like, bring it on. It was hot as hell. I love being in the sauna. And it was like March, so it was cold outside. I was in the hot seat, I found out later, right in front of where the water pour is. So the steam is just like in your face. And I just found my happy place. I mean, they close the flap, and all of a sudden, you know, they're chanting and singing in their native tongue, playing the drums. And, I mean, I am just overcome with this sense of gratitude for my life and just where I am now compared to where I was 25 years ago I mean I just I mean I was like crying I was so happy um to be where I am and it just felt blissfully wonderful you know like looking back in my life and all the struggles I had I thought I would never be able to overcome and move forward and you know, and then hearing the validation from other people who are, like, right there where I was struggling with their own, you know, like, uh, powerlessness, you know, over yeah. this disease. And, and then all these other women who just had, like, 
major things, you know, loss of children, and I just, man, but everybody left so uh, moved by the experience, and then, you know, you everybody has a little huggy, change out of your gross, sweaty clothes, and then you go break bread with the people who you did the sweat lodge with, and who facilitated the lodge, and then plus you just learn so much about all of these amazing cultural traditions, you know, um, I think Native American people are so wise, and, you know, I probably just scraped the edge of, you know, a little bit of knowledge, and then to have it in a place like Prairie Woods where they have a labyrinth and, you know, the little hermitages where you can go, you know, stay for 30 days by yourself if you need to, and there are little um, babbling fountain when you come in and, you know, it was a crappy day and they had hot chocolate and tea and coffee and all these little trinkets in the gift shop that related to your experience if you needed a little memento to take home and it just was the best day ever. Even though it was a terrible weather day, um, I mean, that experience, that happened two years ago and it's like it happened yesterday. That is so, that is so cool. And, and, and everybody, you know, like everyone is going to have some sort of experience in their life that is different than your own, but in a weird way, I think that connects us all. You know, we all are more alike than we're not. Absolutely. You know, and I, I think that's very cool. Man, I'm just like taking all the notes. (laughs) All the things. (laughs) There are so many places to go. Well, and you can always access our website, as can anyone, um, and go back and look at, you know, events that we've done, you know, six, eight, ten years ago. Um, And, you know, for the board members, we even have compiled a list of our events from the last 12 years. So when it's, um, so we have 12 board members and each board member it used to be some sucker like me did all 140 events which is crazy town yeah and and as my time and events started growing short and I had to find a replacement everybody just looked at me like you're crazy nobody's going to do that nobody is even going to want to do a quarter of that so I was lifting weights with another gal in the club total perk is finding people who like to do what you do yeah and so and I was talking to Tracy and I love Tracy with all my heart but she doesn't participate a super um duper amount she's not a frequent flyer like me because she works like 60 hours a week by choice um again right we've made different choices in our life Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm a slacker, and I want to go play outside. <laughs> I don't want to be at work 60 hours a week. And so I said to her, hey, because I was struggling with, well, how is events going to look moving forward? Because it's very critical for our club to be able to continue to be successful is who's doing the planning of the event. You know, you can't have people dropping the ball. And um, So I said, okay, Tracy, what if, what if I was the president next year and instead of having 10 board members, we would have 12. So everyone would have an annual responsibility, right? Secretary, treasurer, marketing, promotional events, whatever that looks like. 
but every person would be responsible for a minimum of eight activities in a designated month. And she didn't hesitate. She went, yep, I'm in. And I was like, okay, I, I have found a sustainable template for the club moving forward. And, of course, nobody else wanted to be president in a year where everything was going to change. Mm -hmm. But now that we have come to the end of 2019, there have been so many benefits to having all of those cooks in the kitchen because all of us know different people. We have different interests. And so all that came out for the month of events that they had because they were like, oh, well, my niece does soap making, you know, or I've got this friend who's a park ranger and we've never been to this park. Like, let's do a hike and a potluck there. Um, or one gal on our board, she has an indoor swimming pool. She was like, yeah, come on over. We'll do like a little fitness class and then we'll play, you know, some water volleyball and have some margaritas. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? And um, so it was just drawing from all of these people in our lives that know how to teach whether it's outdoorsy or otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, but it has been incredible. And I think the best thing is I know all the members because I've done events for the last two years prior to this new template. But the board members got to know the members so much better, and the members got to know the board members so much better. So I could have never, ever seen that coming, but it has been the best thing for everyone who participated, they were just like, this is so amazing. I got to know people on a totally different level. And then so it solidifies the deal for a lot of board members moving forward. It's like, yes, this is completely sustainable, completely doable moving forward. And I want to be on the board another year. I loved planning events. I loved getting to know the members better. And a lot of our board members in the past did not participate as much as you would expect. So this way, they have to be at a minimum of eight activities a year because they're in charge of them. Mm -hmm. So um, so I, could have, I couldn't have asked for a more amazing group of women, um, and everybody, no one dropped the ball. Everybody was on it. Some did their minimum of eight. Some did 15. It's, you know, completely and totally your choice based on, you know, work, life, and really, you know, how easy or hard you wanted to make the planning of those events. So, um, so yeah, so even more diversification than we had before. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love the, yeah. the board members oh, getting I'm to so know. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, that's great. And every, every year, you know, we'll have a different group of women, so different wheelhouse of events they can offer. Um, and then share with our members. And I have to say, women in our club are very generous. You know, like if you have a boat, well, you know, not everyone wants to offer that. Like one right. gal had a pontoon boat. She goes, yeah, let's just go out for a little excursion on the river. She's like, we can have lunch on the boat. We'll throw some tubes in the water and just float behind it. Another gal, they had kind of more of a fancy boat. And they took us out tubing, and um, so people sharing, whether it's like a, a bocce ball tournament at their house or, you know, a full moon yoga class with a fire and a potluck. I mean, 
an event can be absolutely anything. So it doesn't have to be some big complicated, you know, traveling two hours away to make it happen. It can just literally happen in your own backyard. Yep. And I love that because I, I, I want to tell stories of people who do these epic adventures like across the world, you know, but I also want to talk about people who just make time for themselves to get outside and like go on a hike with their kids, you know, like I think both are important and I think there's a place for both. And I think the outdoors just needs to be in everyone's life a little bit, you know, a little bit more anyway. Um, And I I think that's great. I think sometimes women just need permission. Like it's okay to do something for yourself. You know, we spend a lot of our time taking care of our husbands or significant others, our children, our parents, our homes, our jobs, our pets. I mean, sometimes it's like, well, where is there time for me? And I said, well, that's what this club is about, is we give you permission to take a Calgon day, whether that's a one hour or two and a half days, or a full week to go explore Yellowstone, you know, whatever (laughs) It's in your life. You know, we give you permission to do that. It's okay. You're not selfish. You deserve it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And my last my last question would be, out of all the adventures you've had with the club so far, what has been your favorite? Well, usually when I go speak to groups and they ask me that, I always say, well, it's whatever we did last. Um, or whatever's coming up next, which is a cop-out. But I would have to say, um, for me, for sure, the Apostle Islands trip was uh, probably the most um, out of my comfort zone that I've ever done. To um, I'm, I've been a kayaker for 12 years now, but I'm still not what I would call a seasoned veteran. Um So paddling big water on Lake Superior was very humbling. Mm -hmm. Um, We did get a paddle through the sea caves, and we did get a stay on, like, four different islands. Um, So, and then we had to cut our trip one day short because a storm blew in. So (laughs) we had to go pack, take camp down, pack everything up, and the water was so... Um, I think we had um, one foot swells that day, but the next day it was going to be three to five foot swells. So we couldn't even load our boats on sand. We had to be out in the water to load them because it was so um, stormy. And then it took us like three hours to paddle one and a half mile, uh, like a river mile. So it was crazy, and I had not steered um, with the foot pedals in the back of the sea kayak all week because um, I have foot pedals in my own kayak, but I only really use them if the wind is really strong, so I would not say that I have any kind of expertise. And then, of course, the gal that I got partnered with that day, she was an older gal, and she was just like, I'm not doing it. I'm like, I'm like, we're going to die. I'm going to crash the boat. I'm going to run into the rocks. And then your head is going to be on my, you know, guilt forever. So, um, because imagine 
um, you know, 18 of us, so two to a boat, including three guys. There was just one duff seat, you know, where there wasn't any gear in case somebody was injured and they had to just kind of ride along. Trying to make it in in these one foot twelve. I mean, you would push your pedal to the right to steer away from another boat, and the very next second you'd have to push it to the left to just keep from turning sideways. <laughs> and the gal in the front of my boat, oh my God, I still remember, she was, um, her name's Judy, and she's probably in her mid-70s, so like my mom's age, and she is extremely fit. I mean, she's very well-traveled, has been to a ton of, um, <clears throat> like, national parks in the U.S., as well as traveled abroad, <clears throat> done amazing things, had amazing adventures, and she's in the front of the boat, <clears throat> excuse me, and she gets hammered with a wave in the side of her head. You would think that it would have knocked her out of the boat, and she's up there. It was like the movie Forrest Gump, where Lieutenant Dan is like he's lost his legs and he's making his peace with God in the big storm's happening, and he's like screaming like, is that all you've got? It was just like that. And Judy was like, this is awesome! And she's like, you're killing it! She's like, you're doing so good! We haven't crashed into anyone! And I'm like, oh, you are a total nutball. But I love you with all my heart. Just keep telling me I'm doing a good job because I, you know, had never really done a lot of that. But um, we got in and uh, pulled into the campsite or floated in, gutted it out was how it was for three hours. No resting, you know, we couldn't raft up and take a rest because we would have ruined our boat. But the people at the campground, they all came out and like, gave us a standing ovation because they were like, wow, that is some crazy water. <laughs> I don't know where you came from. But you must be amazing people that you all were able to get to this destination. So uh, in the meantime, at base camp, we missed seeing a bear, but yours truly wasn't very sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to have seen him across the water really far away, but um, but everybody else was sad. So that was kind of how our trip ended, and then... Um, the guys, they played some game around the fire the last night we were at camp. Of course, they plied us with fattening food and boxes of wine for those who were interested. And then we went around and said our best, um, the best thing about our trip, something that was annoying for everybody that was mosquitoes, and um, then something we learned. And it was a great way to wrap up the trip. I just remember um, I I thought I brought everything on the packing list, and I had a friend who was going to bring me a big rim hat because um, I didn't understand that on big water, the reflection off the water was going to burn me to a crisp with a ball cap on. Oh. So I woke up with, like, a big fat Albert lip the, yeah. one of the days we were out there. <laughs> and so one of the gals in our group, Gina, she was like, Oh, she's like, look at your poor little lip. And she goes, you can have my big floppy hat today, and I'll wear your baseball cap. And I was like, really? And she was like, of course. And she's like, 
this is a group experience. And she's like, you're usually the one in charge. And she's like, it's the least I can do. And I don't know why that simple little gesture just about made my heart break, but I just was like, that is the nicest thing that I, you know, that anybody, you know, did for me um, on our, our trip. And then, um, I don't know, the thing I learned was a lot about packing for a trip like that because they give you a packing list, you bring all this stuff, and then they're like, here's a water bag, right? Here's your dry bag. Mm -hmm. When it's full, it's full, which literally I had a whole bag of stuff I didn't even need or bring. So that was a great thing to learn. But the best thing, and I wish somebody would have told me this, I just feel like always I'm stupid. Like, why, why wouldn't I notice that I was cold every single day in the Apostle Islands, like, in my mummy bag, shivering every single night. And I wish somebody would have enlightened me before the trip. But now that I know it, I just feel obliged to share it with other people. So somebody else in our group, Stephanie, said, well, I'm sleeping in a tank top and underwear in my mummy bag, and I'm hot. And it was probably in the 40s at night. So, because um, we were there like mid-June, yeah. and she said, well, what are you doing when you go to bed? And I said, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm just crawling in with the clothes I had on during the day. And she was like, oh, well, that's your problem, she said. So, whether you exercise or not, you have perspiration on your skin. You may not feel it, but she said, so you need to strip off every piece of clothing, every sock, every underwear, every bra, everything, your hat, whatever you had on all day long, mm -hmm. and put on a dry shirt and a dry pair of underwear. And she said that amazingly, your mummy bag will work the way it's supposed to. I just thought it was defective. So when I was cold <laughs> and shivering, I just kept putting on more stuff, which wasn't ever going to change that perspiration layer yeah. next to my skin. Yeah. So we went on a trip recently, like a, just a canoe and camp, and I I did it. I took off everything and put on dry stuff, and I was like slept like a baby. I was so warm and toasty. So I'm so glad that I learned that before we're going to Yellowstone so I don't have to suffer again. And I keep telling every chick that is going on an overnight tent camping thing, I'm like, hey, here's the deal. And some of them just laugh and smile, and they're like, I already know that. Like, how do you know that? That is so frustrating. I don't think everybody like knows that. I think that's great advice. I think that's great advice. If you didn't know that, there's a, thousands of other people <laughs> that don't know Oh, that my God. So that was like the best thing I could have ever learned in 12 years in the closet, how to be comfortable um, in a mummy bag, in a tent, wherever you are, but just got to get off those those day clothes, I guess. So. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of so, sense. Yeah, I so, think it's great. <laughs> yeah. So um, for anyone who uh, has the interest, please go to the Apostle Islands. It yes. was like a spiritual, life-changing, empowering trip. I mean, I I didn't know it going in, but, um, and then just the quiet, the solitude. I mean, you can hear those mosquitoes that are swarming you 24-7 because there really is nothing else around. Yeah. And so I, I guess I even have a, a little bit of love for the mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah. I had a similar experience in the Boundary Waters, and those two same girlfriends I went to the Boundary Waters with uh, 
We want to go to the Apostle Islands. And I can very much relate to that story. And the mosquitoes were the worst part, for sure. But when we <laughs> when we talk about it, we almost talk about it in like a loving, a loving way, <laughs> even though right. they were awful, absolutely awful. welcome. I hope I didn't just ramble on. Oh, long, no, but. this was great. Like, this was more than I, I, I was already excited about the conversation and it was even more uh, than I anticipated. And I'm really grateful. And I hope I get to meet you soon. I am more excited to meet you now. There's just so many things that I want to like <laughs> pick your brain on. Um, you bet. Anytime. <laughs> and if you want to, um, Text me your email. I'm happy to share a little bit of information about sports bathing so you have it um, and great. any other questions you have. If I haven't been there, then I'm going to hope that you have. So then between the two of us, right? Yeah, absolutely. One of us will have the answer. Yeah. Yes, and I will share, like, your your website and the resources we talked about today in the notes of the podcast so anyone who goes to it in the um, description, I'll send, you know, I'll put a link to everything that we pretty much talked about today. So those people and your club can get, you know, more eyes on it. And so everyone can learn about these great organizations because more people need Thanks. to know about them. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. And if, um, if for some reason um, the website isn't as exciting as they hoped for, uh, another place to find us is just getmeregistered.com. And then they just search for our acronym, QCWOC, and that'll pull up all of our events and date orders. So you can just scroll through them for the next couple months and go, yes, yes, no, no, yes. Um, and then we put them out a couple months ahead of time. So that's the best place to find just a consolidated list of activities. We don't really have meetings. We just have activities, events. So. Oh, even better. For some, I think some people will yeah, go, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who wants a stupid meeting, right? We can do that at work. Yes, I love it. Thank yeah. you so much. And oh, thanks for having me on. Yes, I appreciate it. This is great. I hope this encourages someone out there listening to reach out to a group that maybe you're curious about or maybe to even start your own. This world needs more community, guys. And speaking of, Feel free to reach out to me. I would love your feedback, questions, collaboration ideas, and very much appreciate if you all can leave me a review. And you can bet your ass you guys will be hearing about forest bathing on here at some point. I know. I'm jacked up too. Thanks for listening. Until next time.